Face of Galatians, chapter 5. Yep. We're going to be continuing uh, going through our series today, Freedom Shout. We're now in Galatians, in the middle of Galatians, chapter 5. When Nina and I planned to... Oh, we were thinking about what are we going to do with our life. We were living in North England. Part of, I was part of leadership of a church plant. Nina was working in uh, school teaching full-time. And we were very happy in the north of England, but we're also starting to sense that perhaps God is calling us on to plant a church in Sweden. And I think, I mean, I think what Jeremy said about we have, uh, Sweden is a, is a secular country generally, uh, there's a real dark spirituality here. And, and we started to feel, no, God wants to shine his light in Sweden, and we can be a part of that in planting a church. And we're thinking about that, and Nina... Some of you will have heard this, but Nina had this picture. She saw Sweden, Scandinavia, literally the map of Scandinavia, with these massive, heavy chains wrapped around it. Super, super tight. And then she was reminded of a film. (laughs) Braveheart. If you've seen the film Braveheart, you'll know what it's about, but basically it's a... It's a Scottish guy who's living his life to fight the fight of freedom. Okay? The English are trying to like, get more of Scotland, and he's, he's, he's heading them off. He is fighting for freedom, and he spends his life doing that, fighting for this cause of freedom. And she was reminded of this scene. Safety check. She was reminded of this scene where, at the end, William Wallace is captured. This is the guy who's fighting for freedom. He's called William. And you can see him like this. He's on his deathbed. In fact, they've caught him. And he's being tortured. And so you have this torturer here who's literally just picking out his kidneys and like pulling apart things. It's this horrific death. You can imagine the pain. And, and there's a priest next to him saying, hey, just surrender. And this will all be over. Say mercy and this will all be over. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And they're picking away, and you can imagine the pain. And the whole crowd in front of him are, are, are like, they're like, oh, please, say mercy, say mercy, come on, get this over. You, you've had a fantastic life, but give up. And he's like, is he going to say it? And suddenly, it seems like he's going to say something. And the priest quietens everyone down. They think he's going to say mercy. And what happens is he shouts out with one last breath, Freedom! And then he, and he dies. After a few more kidneys taken out. He has has lots of kidneys. And and so, well, he was a freedom fighter and he had loads of kidneys. And so we had this incredible picture, or Nina had this incredible picture of this guy like fighting for freedom and this shout of freedom. And when she heard that shout, she just saw the chains break over Sweden. Freedom chains break. And that, she felt, was like real encouragement about what we're going to do in Sweden. That we're going to be a church plant that shouts out, Freedom! Even when it's going to be really difficult. Even when we're having our kidneys pulled out. That actually we're going to live the freedom shout. And that's, you know, that's, that's why we're here. That really is why we're here. To tell people who don't know Jesus, Hey, there, there, there's this incredible news. Freedom! God loves you. He sent his son Jesus for you. What does it mean? Does it mean you need to start all these rules and following all this boring religion? No, it means freedom. 
and then also for people who perhaps already are Christians, believers, but are stuck in perhaps a little bit of legalism, a little bit of bondage into slavery. Again, we want to shout freedom for you as well. You don't need to fulfil the law. Jesus has fulfilled the law. And so Nina had this picture, and that's, that's what we're doing. That's why we're going through the book of Galatians. And so hopefully that was when Verity... Today, she shared the message of freedom, John 3.16. For, jo- for John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's the, that is freedom. That, that we don't need to do anything. And we were reminded of it. It wasn't just Verity. We were reminded it uh, with Alid as well through worship. That, wow, it's all about Jesus. It's all about this incredible love. He loved us and he set us free. And that, that is what we've been looking at over the last months you know, it's the, it's the freedom shout, isn't it? Again and again in Galatians, it's like, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. We just hear it again and again and again. And last preach, we heard uh, uh, Emil speak on Galatians 5.1. It's kind of like the, it builds up this ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom you have been set free. And again, we hear the heartbeat of the letter, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Freedom, freedom freedom it can pose a question you see when you really get the heart of freedom when you really understand that I do not need to do anything Jesus has done it all it can pose a bit of a question if you really understand it and the question is this yep I'm free got that thank you Paul what shall I do now. What is my life to look like as a Christian being free? Like, am I sport, like, you know, can I just float around doing whatever I want? What, what is my life supposed to look like as a Christian? Is there certain things that I should be doing? Or can I do whatever I want? And what we see in this scripture today is a really helpful answer to the question, okay, got freedom, what do I do now? And so it's really, really important. And we'll look at the introduction to the next part of the letter today. Um, And then we're just going to, over the next few weeks, just explore that and pick into that, that, like dig into that uh, a little bit more. I often, I don't know if you do this, I often think, I wonder what the church plant will look like in five years. We've been going for about three years, three and a half years perhaps. And you sort of, I, was, I was like, okay, what were we going to look like in five years, three years ago? And God's been so good to us. I wonder what the church plant will look like in another five years when we're a church plant of freedom. What will the church look like in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years? If we still have this message of freedom at our core, does it, would it be like, you know, so we all rock up on Sunday, like hangover from the night before, like, yeah, it's freedom, like we're all good. <laughs> like, what, what will the church look like? that. Amen. Okay, that's the end, guys. We can go on. It's a really interesting question, because we, we, we are carrying with us this call for freedom, this, this, this William Wallace freedom shout. We're, calling, we're, we're carrying that with us, so should that mean we go into some sort of licentious life? Can we do whatever we want? We find that here. So Galatians 5, uh, 13, we'll read from. I was tempted to read what Emil wrote, but I'll just go from 13 because of time. Okay, for you were called... Sorry, I can get on the board if no one has the Bible. 
ESV translation. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. I like that because that's definitely more than one word. For if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Yeah, I just really pray. Father God, we thank you for your scripture. We thank you that these words uh, on the page actually come alive because your spirit is in there. And Lord, I just thank you that it's relevant to us today. I do pray, speak to us. Speak. Oh, may our hearts be soft and malleable and just ready to hear you speak. God, thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, the first thing to say here is that this scripture is written to a church context. Brothers, brothers and sisters, family. Paul is writing to us as a church plant. Actually, he's writing to a church in Galatia. Okay, but we can take this on as a church. Okay, so what does freedom look like in the family? But I also want to slightly expand it and say, I think, yes, he is talking about the church, absolutely. So it's our relationship between each other. But I also want to say, I think these are great, these are great things to be doing outside the world as well, okay? Outside our church family. Jesus, when he was asked, who is your neighbour? Everyone. Yeah, your enemy, that's your neighbour, everyone. So, written into church context, but I don't necessarily want it to stop there, although that is the primary primary. primary places written at. Okay, first thing to notice, verse 13, right at the beginning, freedom. I've actually highlighted the wrong one there. For you were called to freedom. Again, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Even when he starts to say, hey, okay, these are some things that you can do with your freedom, even then, he reminds you, guys, you were called to freedom. So this is, this, is, this is the headline. Freedom. Again, Paul, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Freedom. Free from the law. Free from having to earn God's love. Because Jesus has done it. John 3.16. He's done it. Remember that. We're free. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not... Use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So here what we have is something not to do with freedom. Do not use it as an opportunity for the flesh. Okay, we're going to dig into this a little bit more in the, in the coming weeks uh, as, we, as we work through Galatians chapter 5. But just to really highlight, explain a little bit about what flesh is when Paul is talking. He's not talking about like this sort of flesh, using your freedom for an opportunity for this flesh, but like desires of the fallen, our fallen nature, our selfish desires, sin. Basically saying, do not use your, your freedom to sin. So there's a bit of direction there, okay? We've... we've We've, we've, got the, we've got the call for freedom. We've heard the freedom shout. Okay, is there anything we can, cannot do? Yeah, there's something you can't do. Don't use it to sin. So what does church look like in five years or five minutes or ten years? Well, it's not gonna, we're not all going to be 
be ending up coming here on a Sunday morning. Unfortunately, I did hungover. <laughs> because we shouldn't sin, Paul is saying here. Don't use your opportunity, um, don't use your freedom as an opportunity to sin for the flesh. So there is a little bit of direction there. Okay, and this is the this is really the key. This is the the headline for the following chap um, verses and chapter is what we should do with our freedom, and it's this: through love, serve one another. I love this. I really, really do. God has set us free to do free 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 from the law, and what does that freedom look like? It looks like we love each other, we serve each other. And in fact, in some translations, uh, you, will, you will see it written like this. Through love, become slaves to one another. So not just serve one another, become slaves to one another. Which is just, I, I, I love it. And it's, it's great because if you remember earlier on in the, the letter, Paul has talked about slaves, but he said, you're not slaves anymore, you're now sons. So, so he's like, slave, bad, son, good. Slave, bad, son, good. All of a sudden, it's like, no, now you're slaves. You've, you've been freed from slavery, but, but now you're slaves again. It's very, very interesting, and I, I love what he uses. But he says, you know, you're free. What, do you wanna, what should you do with that freedom? Hey, you guys get an opportunity to serve each other. I get an opportunity to become a slave to Becky, to Emil, and vice versa. Martin Luther, who we've been celebrating uh, this last week, but for a little while, 500 years of Reformation, 500 years since the grace of God hits Europe, you could say, said this about a Christian. A Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. Freedom! A Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. It's like a paradox, isn't it? We're absolutely free. What should we do with our freedom? Serve one another in love. It's just a beautiful picture of the church. I mean, what a special place. What, what a special thing we are a part of building. This, this, this place, this family, where people can come in and be loved. Where they can be served. Where they're not expecting anything in return. They're just getting loved. It's amazing. It's just beautiful. It really is. It's God's plan for the world. It's why God created people in the first place, for love. What, what, out of his love he created. And now we get, we get this incredible like, privilege to start bringing the kingdom to earth. How do we do that? Yes, miraculous. Yes, all that stuff. But through love we serve one another. It's just absolutely amazing. It really is. It's a real privilege to be a part of it. And I think it's really countercultural. So, so countercultural. Like, the, the, the definition of freedom I've got here is the power or rights to act, speak, or think as one wants. Whatever, uh, whatever I think I should do, I should, you, you, you do that. If you want to go that way, go that way. That's great. That's your choice. If you want to go that way, if you want to believe that, that's fine. Actually, that's not the biblical definition of freedom. The biblical, the biblical definition of freedom 
Let's just serve one another through love. The great Invictus poem, which perhaps you've heard, it ends up by saying, it matters, no, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged when punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. If we have a culture like that, we're going in the wrong direction. And we are part of a culture like that, actually. We're part of a world like that, really. I honestly think that's why there's so many problems in the world. It's because I am the captain of my soul, I am the master of my fate, I will go this way. I'm oh, sorry, policeman. I, uh, I fancied going on the left side of the road today. I'm the captain of my soul, I'm the master of my fate, I miss, you. I miss the UK. It's going to end up in problems if we all go our own way. And so what is the Bible's like, answer to this selfish world that we live in? It's love one another. Become slaves to one another. Serve one another in love. What do we get to do with our freedom? We get to become slaves. That's what Paul says. It's kind of strange to get your head around. But it's countercultural. It's beautiful. And that is what Paul is calling us to. The law says we have to. Grace, freedom says we get to. We don't have to become slaves to one another. We get to. And the ultimate free one is, was, and is to be Jesus. He was the free one. What did Jesus do with his freedom? He was with the Father. He was with the Spirit. What did he do with his freedom, Adam? Yeah, he came. He, he, he became, became a servant. He became a servant. He... he, he, he he took on everything that we know he took on coming to earth. Yeah. He was in perfect love, perfect... I mean, he yeah. didn't have to leave, but he became a servant. With his freedom, he chose to obey the Father's will and say, I'll go. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. It's the Gospel. John 3.16, as Verity shared. Romans 5.8. Uh, greater love has no one than this to, than to lay down his life for his friends. That is the gospel. That is what Jesus has done. And who has he done it for? He's done it for us, Becky, Jared, Connie. He was free. What did he do? He stepped down and he became a servant to Unina. And that's the gospel. That's what we've, we've received. All of us at some point have received that gospel, have taken it on for ourselves, have said, thank you, Jesus, you are now Lord of my life. I, I repent, I see that you became a servant for me, and now I want to live my life for you. That's the gospel. And this is wonderful. We have all received the gospel. It's good news. We have all been given the freedom shout over us. Yeah, it's what we were worshipping today. I thought worship, to be honest, I don't need to preach. I thought worship today was basically my preachers. Freedom, spirit, brilliant. Go home. <laughs> Fika, home. We've received the gospel. Now, we get to give the gospel. And that's really, really, really important. We have received Jesus. Now it's like we kind of get to be Jesus. We get to go, we get to use our freedom to, to become slaves, to serve one another, to love one another. It's, it's, just, it's just amazing. 
I don't think there can be anything better than following Jesus. Okay? Look to Jesus. What did he do? He became a servant. Okay, I'm going to become a servant. Who did he serve? Well, his followers, loads of people. And then if we continue to read... When I was going to ch- when I was going to change the slide, there was no slides. Oh, rubbish. Okay, if we continue to read, we see the whole law is fulfilled in one word: "You shall love your neighbour as yourself." Does that ring any bells? Again, it's Jesus. Two greatest commandments: love God, love. <laughs> I was going to say love Gothenburg. Love God. <laughs> you said that. Love God. Love people. Two greatest commandments. The rig- religious leaders are trying to slip him up. Okay, okay. You know, greatest one: love God, love, love, love Gothenburg. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, love Gothenburg. And in doing those two things, you fulfill the law. What's the point of the law? Love. So if you love, you fulfill the law. That's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, hey, guys, if you love one another, that's the law fulfilled. Even though you don't need to fulfill it because Jesus fulfilled it. Love is the essence, is the point of the law. Why were all these like, crazy commandments written? Out of love. Because God knows best. Just like I know best with Freddie. You know, don't, don't touch that hot thing. Don't, you know, put... That toy in your mouth, again, the hundredth time. Yeah, I know what's best. God knows what's best for us. That's why he wrote the law, for love. And then, how do we fulfill it? We love one another. That's what Paul's saying. Serving one another in love fulfills law. So what does freedom look like? What does, will God first look like in five years? In ten years? In twenty years? Fifty years? Hopefully, we'll have planted other churches. Hopefully, we'll be a bit bigger. What I really, 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 really hope for, though, is that it will be a group of churches or a church that has heard the freedom shout and is living it out. And it's not sort of like, God, last night was a heavy night, chased by the police after nicking that car, three-hour chase, or, you know, what? Jesus, that small group sorted. What, what, I, what I hope that the Good First will look like Yes, people understand they're free. Yes, they understand that Jesus is their everything. I, I, I can't wait to see the worship times. Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, it's all about you, Jesus. You song. Get it down. <laughs> but the people understand they're free, and through that, they serve one another in love. That when you walk through the door and there's like 200 people in here instead of 15, wow, what a warm cosy place even though it's quite big now it's still cosy why because there's love there why is there love there because god's there he's he he, he, he through his spirit we love one another mm-hmm. and there's a church in north shepping called good fast as well and wow do you know what i mean it's a different different city that's not prophetic by the way maybe it is it's recorded <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a different city different group of people whole you know different ages and all sorts but they still love each other that's what, I, that's what I, I, I long to see over us and in the future as a church plant. There's nowhere else in the world you're going to find this. Simple. It really is. School, work, employment, neighbours. You're not going to find this self-sacrificial love that you find in church. That Paul is encouraging to use our freedom for. And I honestly think, I think this is a bit of an encouragement. As a church, we are good at having non-believing friends amongst us. We've had non-believing friends amongst us at prayer meetings, small groups, uh, Sunday mornings, in the pub, 
like in all different places, we have this isn't the weekend away. Thank you. Uh, this isn't just like some sort of like holy huddle. We have non-believers amongst us as well. Okay, that's great. Do not be worried about being able to answer all of their apologetic theolog- theological questions. Okay if they ask you some. I honestly believe the thing that is going to see people save most, perhaps a few people will be argued into the kingdom. I don't think that many, to be honest with you. (laughs) What I think and I believe, in fact, Jesus said in John 13, is that people will know you, uh, they will know that you know me when you love each other. And so I honestly believe people will come into the kingdom when they look around and say, wow, this is a loving group of people. What on earth is going on? Because I was outside that door a minute ago in the world and it's this crazy, selfish, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of myself, I do what I want world. And I've come in through this door and all of a sudden someone's saying, hey, can I get you a cup of tea? How much is that? Oh, no, it's nothing. Oh, hey, how are you doing? How's your weeping? That never happens. And I honestly believe, well, I mean, Jesus said it, that people will come to know him through our love for one another and our love for others as they come in. That's where I want to extend it a little bit. It's the church, but also as people come in, we love. So an encouragement, you don't need all the answers. Yes, theology is good. Yes, apologetics is good. But you don't need all the answers. The most important thing can I put to you is that you love each other, that we love each other. Okay, two practical things to finish. How and what? How are we going to become slaves to one another? How are we going to serve one another? Well, we're going to skip forward a little bit into Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. And really we see the answer. And Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. And we go on to see the fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to get to. Don't worry. Not in the last five minutes, but in the future. Okay? But Paul says, hey, how, how do you love one another? What is the fruit? How, how, how do you do that? Do you, do, you, do you work really, 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 really hard? No. We ask the Spirit, which we did at the end. That's why I said the, the worship was my preach. First Jesus, then the Spirit. Okay? We ask the Spirit, hey, Spirit, come. Help us. We need help. We can't do this on our own. We're not, we're not supposed to do it on our own. Mm. We found in Galatians 3 that the Spirit, uh, living the life of the Spirit, uh, can be a miraculous life. In Galatians 4, we had Kula, Ula, um, come from Stockholm to talk about um, the Spirit cries, Abba, Father. There's this real like, battle cries, Freedom, Abba, Father. But then there's also this like, Daddy cry, that the Spirit... Um, it, it helps us realise that we're adopted, that we're sons, that we're daughters of God. And then here, we find there's some real practical help that the Spirit gives as well. It helps us to love and serve one another. He helps us to love and serve one another. He helps us with the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to come on to find. So, guys, we're not on our own. People aren't going to come through the door, or, or even us in here. And so I see a real bunch of stressed Hard work, and I'm try- really trying to serve this person. I'm really just trying my best, and what do I need really to do? To, yeah. 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 Actually, we can relax, well, rely and relax because the Spirit in us will help. Mm. 
So we, we just need to get good at asking for the Spirit, yeah. not get good at trying harder. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be super easy. We just sort of like let the Spirit or something. Just like that. Um, <laughs> let the Spirit uh, do, you know, just like, just like float. Yeah, we do need to do some things, but it's empowered by the Spirit. Yeah? Uh, Jesus was empowered by the Spirit. Did he suffer sometimes? You betcha. Okay? Uh, what? Oh, yeah, got it. No, I haven't. Rubbish. Okay, next title, what? Okay, how we love through the Spirit. What, how, like, is there any practical advice on what to do to serve one another in life, uh, in love? Is there any practical advice on how to become a servant to someone? To be completely honest, I think it's quite a difficult thing to answer. I'm not going to say there's, like, these ten steps, like, you could write a, you know, a book title, 10, 10 Steps to Serving One Another in Love. Like, it doesn't really work like that. I think what I would encourage you to do when you're thinking, okay, how can I, how can I serve Becky? How can I serve Wendy? What I would encourage you to do is look to Jesus. Again, I've already said it. You can't go far wrong if you look into Jesus. What did Jesus' life look like? Where do we find the best, clearest picture of Jesus? Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The four Gospels, the beginning of the New Testament. There we find this incredible picture of who our Lord and Saviour is when he took on flesh. What did he do? He laughed. He ate barbecues. Maybe, maybe the way you serve someone is go and cook a barbecue with, with them. You know, cook some food for someone. He prayed for people. Maybe the way to serve someone at that time is to pray for them. He taught people how to pray. Maybe you need to get along with someone and say, hey, how are you doing your prayer? Oh, I'm struggling a little bit. Hey, have you tried doing this, reading through the Psalms? That's a really good way to like, kick off your prayer session. Can't go far wrong there. He cried. He cried when he saw like, his friends sad, when he saw his friend dead. <coughs> Excuse me. He cried. Sometimes serving one another is getting alongside someone and saying, hey, I understand, that's sad. He spoke the truth. Sometimes it's getting along with someone in love and saying, hey, what's going on here? These are all things that, we, these are all ways that we can serve people. These are all things that Jesus did. And there's a bunch more. You really need to get, get into the Gospels to see them. But that's just a selection that I thought of. Laughed, cried, spoke the truth, prayed. Eight. Just. Many times. Just. So look at the Gospels for that. Okay, I'm going to finish there just by, I guess just by saying what a beautiful, beautiful picture of church that is. Isn't that a place that you want to be a part of? Like, why do I, why do I go to small group on a Tuesday? Why do I, I don't know, uh, go to the football, talk to Jared with Alan. <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. That is a good question. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's very good, Jack. Um, you know, why do we come on a Sunday, whatever? I honestly think, yes, to praise God. Yes, to do all that. I, I get refreshed being amongst a, a, a family who love one another. It's very, very important. That's why we don't like, I don't recommend you to go off and do your own thing in terms of church, float around a little bit. You need people who know you. You need people who can love you. Because it is difficult. Monday morning, it's going to be difficult. 
Wednesday, it's going to be difficult. We need, especially in the evening. Uh, okay, we need to be part of a family, and it's a beautiful picture. So, bottom line from today is we're free. Enjoy it, celebrate it, worship God because of it. What do we do with our freedom? We become slaves. We serve one another in love. We get to give the gospel. We receive the gospel. We get to give the gospel. It's amazing. Yeah, Father, I thank you so much for your son. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that... Oh, well, I mean, we just had such a good time of worship, remembering that he was the one who came and died for each one of us and because of that we can be boldly approach you we can come into this place where we can say wow there is our holy god and we don't need to be intimidated and full of fear because of your son jesus and i just pray jesus may you help us uh, through your spirit may you send your spirit into us so that we can be a, a, a family who love one another and also who love the lost lord spirit i just pray empower us Lord, I thank you that uh, the Spirit is, is for the miraculous life. I thank you that the Spirit is for uh, the Abba Father moments. But Lord, I also thank you that the Spirit is, is our helper, as Jesus said. And Lord, I pray, Spirit, help us. Help us to love one another. Help us to be good disciples of you. Lord, Lord Jesus, I pray that you will build this church in a way that is just, yes, centred on you, but centred on love, loving one another, loving the lost, loving you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're going to... Uh